Boo. I scared you. This is Lindsay Moreland, and I have a ghost story for you. Story number one. Who the hell did I marry? My husband Jay is not interested in my fascination of ghosts in the unknown. When we first started dating, he would not even watch a scary movie. Thankfully, that's changed and he has started enjoying them. However, that's about it. He refuses to go to a man-made haunted house. You know, the big empty spaces that are built out into rooms where paid actors jump out and scare you. Yeah, he won't do it. His rationale is that if you were a serial killer, it would be the perfect place to do your dirty work. People would think it was part of the show. He also refuses to travel to haunted places and spend the night there. I know, fun sucker, right? Really, I've only been able to talk him into doing these three spooky things with me. The first was a zombie hayride. You sit on the back of a pulled trailer and you shoot paintballs at zombies. Yeah, it's as fun as it sounds. The second was a haunted ghost tour with a tour guide that explained the history of things. And the third was a zombie apocalypse laser tag. This is exactly what it sounds like. It's literally a haunted house, except the actors all play zombies and they have red glowing sensors on their costumes and you get to shoot them with your laser gun. He said he feels protected because he has a gun. Yeah, a fake laser gun. It makes no sense. Like me, my husband is an attorney. He played baseball at Vanderbilt and Lipscomb University, both in Nashville. He's extremely intelligent and funny. So why is he so adamant about refusing to go to haunted houses and spooky places with me? Maybe it's from his own eerie experiences, like the one I'm about to tell you. We were sitting at home one Friday night. We had just put our daughter to bed and we were talking. Jay knew I had been working on this idea for a podcast for several years and asked if I wanted to use his ghost story. Of course I said yes. So we piled up on our big oversized cream chair and snuggled, and I listened to his story. Jay explained that this event happened during his junior year of college when he was attending Lipscomb University in 2008. Jay had a roommate, Brent, that he had known since they were five years old. They had played baseball together, they went to college together, and later in life, they went to law school together. And at the time of the story, they lived in a little two-bedroom apartment in West Nashville. I asked Jay how he found that apartment. He explained that his grandmother's best friend was renting out the space, and they gave him a great deal on rent. The apartment had originally been a three-bedroom apartment, but it had been converted to a two-bedroom. The third bedroom was essentially made to connect to the living room, making it in the shape of an L. This was an older home, and the main living room did not have an overhead light. However, the old third bedroom that was now open to the living room did have an overhead light. This will be important later. Jay and Brent lived in the apartment for a few months when they noticed some bizarre things happening. Jay explained that he and Brent would be sitting in the living room, each on a separate couch doing homework. 
they noticed the hallway lights flickering. At this point, it wasn't really a big deal. They even joked and started saying, oh, that's just Go Sue, or whatever name they made up that day. The longer they stayed there, the weirder things got. One day, they were looking into the hall closet next to the front door, and they noticed something on the top shelf. They found some trinkets. Of course, Jay couldn't really describe what these trinkets were, but he did think they were from the 40s or 50s. A few weeks later, he found another odd thing. Jay had a stackable washer and dryer in his closet. Honestly, this setup for this house sounds hella weird. Anyway, as he was doing laundry, which I had no idea he knew how to do, he dropped a piece of clothing between the washer and the wall. As he leaned over to grab the article of clothing, he noticed that there was something else down there. He pulled out three of what he refers to as old lady hats. I, of course, asked him to explain. He described them as old school, blue hair, see you in church type hats. He just assumed they belonged to the previous renter or owner. Then I got distracted and we started a discussion on when and how he forgot to do laundry. But anyways, back to the story. As the weeks progressed, the hall lights flickered more and more. They never lost electricity, TV signal, or their Wi-Fi. There were no storms in the area, no power outages, no reason for the lights to be flickering like they were. Then, more things started happening. Jay came home one night, and his roommate started bitching at him about the dishes. Brent asked why he didn't put the plates, bowls, forks, and spoons in the right place. Jay was confused. At this point, they had lived in this apartment for several months. They had a certain place for all of that stuff. Jay started looking in the cupboards. The bowls were where the cups should have been. The plates were where they kept the silverware. It made no sense. Both Brant and Jay denied putting the dishes in their incorrect spots. They both became skeptical of each other. The weeks went on, and the lights continued to flicker. They would walk into the kitchen after a long night of sleep, and all of the cabinet doors would be wide open. Then, the next day, all of the drawers in the kitchen would be open. It would be every single cabinet, every single drawer. Again, they just blamed each other. One evening, they were sitting in their living room. Jay and Brent were each on separate couches on their laptops. Jay was facing the television, and behind him was the old living room, the one that did not have an overhead light. They were watching a Texas Rangers game and doing their homework. Jay got so into the game, his laptop went to sleep and the screen went black. His eyes were drawn back down to his laptop when the light source changed. In the reflection of the screen, he saw a short, older woman. He immediately slammed his laptop shut, jumped off the couch, and onto the coffee table screaming. Brant was so confused and asked, what the hell, man? Jay explained what he saw, and Brant did not believe him. Jay never saw the old lady again, but the lights continued to flicker. The cabinets and drawers would all be open. The dishes would still be moved around all the way up until they moved out a short time after the incident. I asked Jay why Brent didn't believe him. He explained, I'm a prankster, so he thought I was just playing tricks on him. Clearly, I needed more details. 
So apparently right after they moved into this apartment, but before things started getting weird, Jay explained that he put white makeup on his face and drew the devil symbol on his forehead. He put on a black cloak and red contacts. He hid and when Brent opened the front door, he jumped out and nearly scared him to death. I was appalled. You seriously drew the devil symbol on your head. Like, honestly, uh, he can't be that stupid. I went on. You totally opened the door for Gladys, the ghost, to come in. During this story, I had named this mystery ghost Gladys because if I had an old lady ghost in my house, I would want her to be named Gladys. Well, he started, that could have been it, or it could have been from the Ouija board. What? I scream. Do not tell me you played a Ouija board in that house. He looked at me shocked. Um, yeah, I mean, I used candles and everything. Did you close the board out? I asked. Lindsay, it's not a safari window. How do you close it out? He said. I am stunned at this point. Are you kidding me? You have to close the board out. Everyone knows that. What the fuck have you brought into our house? Did something attach to you? Are you possessed? Are you even really Jay? Am I married to a demon? Wait, are you the devil? He looked at me like I was the crazy one. I then asked him where in the world he would have gotten a Ouija board. He told me he was working part-time at the courthouse and some random old lady that he didn't know gave it to him. Like, what the actual fuck? I went on. Jay, no wonder you were haunted after that. Lindsay, this was not a malevolent spirit, he said. You don't know that, I said. Evil spirits disguise themselves as good spirits. I mean, obviously, he has never read one of Ed and Lorraine Warren's books. It is very common for an evil spirit to disguise themselves as something less threatening, like a child or an elderly person. Well, he went on. It didn't do anything. I was flabbergasted. What do you mean it didn't do anything? I said. All this crazy stuff started happening. No, 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 he said. I mean, during when I had my hand on the thingy. It's called a planchette, I yelled. Who were you with? I need to talk to them and get more details. Um, I used the Ouija board by myself, he said. So let me get this straight. My husband, who is afraid to simply go to a haunted house with actual real-life actors, even in a group, used a Ouija board by himself? Oh. My. God. Who the hell did I marry? Boo. I Scared You is a second sound production hosted by Lindsay Moreland, produced by Trina Lloyd. This podcast is in loving memory of my grandmother, Mary Bell, Patsy Pat, Riley Bear. They promised that dreams can come true, but forget to mention that nightmares are dreams too. Oscar Wilde.